wizards, witches, muggles and scribs out there, and welcome to a new edition of Potter Jewels, a Harry Potter podcast debating theories and ideas while trying to provide some light in the darkness. I am your host, Tim, alongside me, as always, my brother Martin. Hey. You can get in contact with the show in a number of ways. You can tweet at us on Twitter, because that's where you tweet people, apparently, uh, at Potter Jewels, that's P-O-T-T-E-R-D-U-E-L-S, or one word. You can email us at potterjewels at hotmail.com. Or you can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash potterjules. So today's podcast is, I think, going to be a really, really good uh, a good duel. It's one of the reasons why we started the podcast is that me and Mark were having these these debates and we thought that, you know, it would be a good idea to, to get them on, get a record of them and to see if anyone else is interested in what we have to say. So the topic is, which person would Lily Potter be more likely to forgive? Severus Snape or Petunia Dursley? Yeah, I mean, I, I think from the outset, you know, just to frame the debate, we should say that we're not necessarily stating that she would forgive one or both of them. Yeah. Um, we're just saying that if she was to forgive one of them, who would she be more likely to forgive? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can make an argument that she wouldn't forgive either. Because, I mean, the only time we ever really see Lily is her not forgiving Snape for calling her a mudblood. But if she, if she did, you know, forgive, she would probably likely forgive both of them. Yeah, I mean, in, in another way, we're, we're looking at, you know, the treatment of Harry mm. from those two characters and and which is potentially more forgivable. Yeah, yeah. Rather than looking at it from the perspective of Lily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should probably start with a very brief outline of what the what the characters actually did that may mm. be deemed unforgivable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you've got Snape who betrayed them right from the start with the uh, with the telling uh, Voldemort about the prophecy, and then when Harry gets to Hogwarts, yes, Snape always looked out for his safety, but not his happiness or well being, and. You know, mentally abused the you know the kid, just treated him really, really, really badly, bullied him. Whereas Petunia, she just treated Harry badly from the start. We should say as well that both characters had underlying issues for their treatment. Now that's not to excuse no. it in any way, but that's one of the things that we're going to be discussing as part of this is how those inherent character flaws affected that that treatment and um, you know, which of those could potentially be forgivable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that you also got to take into consideration, would she just be forgiving the treatment of Harry or their betrayal in general? Yes, yeah, two distinct factors, mm. really. I mean, I think we have to consider, consider both of them as mm. part of this, yeah. um, if we are going to surmise who she may be more likely to forgive. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we have slightly differing opinions on this. So I know you're going to outline the case for why you think she would be more likely to forgive Petunia. Yes, yes, I would. Because with Petunia, there is the fact that by taking him in to begin with, she did cement that blood pact and keep him alive throughout his childhood until he turned 17. While it never felt like a home. It was his home. Because, I mean, I think certainly during the time, you know, before Lily's death, 
she wasn't exactly Petunia's greatest fan either. Because I think for so long she wanted Petunia as a sister and as a, and as a friend. But I get the impression right towards the end, you know, when she says, you know, smash the vase that Petunia sent last Christmas, so no. Great loss there, you know. So I think that she had kind of seen Petunia for what she had become. The fact that they didn't turn up to Lily and James's wedding. Uh, and the fact that when Lily and James went to Petunia and Vernon's wedding, Petunia didn't make Lily bridesmaid, which I think really hurt her. But I think... I'm actually outlining the case why she wouldn't forgive. <laughs> no, I think the fact that she kept, you know, despite all their animosity, she did cement that blood protection between them, meant that she didn't die in vain. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of your argument centers around the fact that, you know, even Dumbledore made the admission or concession that whilst the treatment of Harry had been extremely poor and, and cruel that they did allow him to return every year you know he mm. sort of says as much in the half blood prince mm. so despite, I, despite, yeah, despite a lot of uh, you know i mean blowing up up, up marge and yeah i mean I, I think that's what your argument centers a lot around doesn't it yeah yeah because i think that because because she took him in it did give him that Home. I mean, I mean, home is a very to stretch, but you know, they gave it gave gave him that that sense of space, yeah. And you know, even when he couldn't understand why he had to go back there, Petunia still, you know. And I think she overruled Vernon a lot on these sorts of issues. I mean, as I say, blowing up Aunt Marge, I can't imagine that went down well with Vernon. No, I mean, there's also the remember my last Petunia. Yeah. And then, you know, she changes, you know, she ensures that Harry stays. Mm, yeah. And I mean, that whole chapter was a real eye-opening experience for a Harry Potter fan into Petunia. Yeah. And the fact that she knows that the Dementors guard the guard Azkaban. Mm. And when she says that, you know, she remembers her telling that awful boy years ago, Turns out that it wasn't James; it was Snape. Yeah, and you know that's a that's a classic misdirection. Yeah, that didn't necessarily see at the time. No, no, and it's also says maybe she was more under because I mean when she said she remembers her telling that awful boy years ago, that implies that Vernon knows who that awful boy is in terms of Snape. So. Evidently, she must have talked a lot about her childhood and and Lily and Snape's friendship. You know, being the being a real driving force into the you know the fractioning of their relationship. You know, I think one of the the questions that I would most like to have been answered was in the chapter of the Dursleys departing. There's that moment when Harry and Petunia are left. You know, probably knowing that this was going to be the last time. Mm. Yeah, you know, and she walks out the door and turns round and looks like she's about to say something. Now, in, in the book, obviously, she doesn't say anything and walks out with just a goodbye. But I've always been incredibly curious as to what she would have said. Mm. I mean, I think they address or were going to address that in the film in the delete. You know, they deleted the scene. Where, you know, she says that she understands what they're capable of because she lost a sister that day. 
And if you believe that to be what was in her heart, then it does again kind of go back to what we were saying in that, you know, ultimately she still cared about her sister. Yes, although the you know the obvious counter argument to that is if she did still care about Lily, then she would have looked after Harry. True, true. I mean, the one, the other thing I would say is going back to that awful boy line is you know had Petunia treated Harry more like a son, she would have known about Snape because Harry would have told her about Hogwarts. You know, the fact that there's a teacher that's really horrible to him. Yeah, I mean, obviously she would have. You know, she refers to him as that awful boy. Mm. So perhaps she could have, um, you know, understood what he might have been like as a yeah. as a teacher. But you know, they could have also offered Harry that support that he needed, and mm. you know, been a been a family to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, right from the right from the very start, you know, they they made it clear that they would have no interest, and you know, actively banned you know him discussing anything about his school. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think that's a it's a, it's a real sadness that you know she would she would treat him in that way. But I'm going to go back to that line from from Dumbledore. At least she still took him in, and in doing so, kept him alive for 17 years. Well, Dumbledore does also make the point that at least they haven't inflicted the cruelty that they did on Dudley. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's an interesting one that potentially in Dumbledore's mind, Harry has turned out a lot better than their other son. Yeah. As a result of their treatment. And it's one of those where you think, well, if they had just treated, you know, Harry and Dudley the same in not going from one extreme to the other extreme and have them both treated like normal boys, they would have both turned out a lot better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it was like you said, it was one extreme to the other. Um, and, you know, potentially there is, you know, some redemption for Dudley that we see mm. in that, you know, that beginning of the Deathly Hallows as well. You know, despite the fact that he bullied Harry for many years, there is a an attempt at the very last minute to make a gesture. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is is what you know jk has said that um when dudley was attacked by the dementors what he heard was that he saw himself for what he truly was you know uh a, you know a horrible person and a bully and it was a real revelation to him and through you know really uh it was a, it was a driving point into into changing not just how he treated harry but how he treated others in general yeah, it did. I mean, I, you know, I think that's an interesting point that Dumbledore makes that actually, you know, they haven't treated either of the boys within I, I think their... It's one extreme and the other. As I say, you know, extremes in, in life are not good, you know. But I think you also give a little bit more redemption. Well, to be honest, you get a little bit more redemption for, for both characters, both Petunia and Snape in The Cursed Child, because obviously Harry says that Petunia saves the blanket that he came in because she wanted him one day to have it and Dudley sent it across. So you, you get a little bit of a, you know, again, it's sort of like when she stops, you know, that 
there were things that were unsaid that she felt that you know she just she couldn't bring to say herself in life yeah and you know i think again going back to that point where she turns around and looks like she wants to say something yeah potentially it would have been some of those things that she might have said yeah but in terms of making your case as to why you think Lily would be more likely to forgive Petunia than Snape. What are your reasons for that? Well, I think a it's it's one of those things where like blood's thicker than water. You know, I think the link between them, you know, was so strong. And also, I think Lily felt guilty about their estrangement, whereas with Snape, Snape had kind of severed the ties when he called her mudblood. Whereas I think. She always felt more sympathetic towards Petunia because she had something that Petunia desperately wanted. And I, I and this is a real irony, is that both Snape Snape was, you know, fiercely jealous of James and Petunia was fiercely jealous of, of Lily, and yet they both got something that the both James and Lily would have given anything for, which is an opportunity to to raise their raise their son. Uh, yeah, I mean that's you know it's, it's a really good point. You know that's all that's all Lily and James wanted, and you know uh, it's one of those things where you know they would ha- happily have been muggles just to have you know uh, been able to raise their son, and yet it's Petunia and Snape that get what Lily and James would see in the mirror of Errors Dead, which is their greatest heart's desire and an opportunity to, to raise a family. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the, the cruelest irony of all, mm. isn't it? And the fact that neither character appreciated that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I, I think that is the, the heart of my argument, is that the blood shared between Lily and and Petunia and the sacrifice that Lily made, I think that kind of, uh, and making sure that it wasn't in vain by, by keeping him in a house for, for 17 years and protecting him for, for 17 years. I think it's a sort of one of those things where with Dumbledore, I think she would say some, if they ever met in like the afterlife or at King's Cross or whatever, I think it would be a very, very similar uh, exchange to the one Dumbledore had in that you never treated him as a son, but you at least you at least kept him safe. And I think that's probably how the conversation would go if they ever did meet at a King's Cross or a, or or whatever. I mean, again, going back to that Dursley's departing chapter, there's that moment where Harry has to contemplate the thought of him going to rescue mm. the Dursleys and um, that thought that the uh, the Death Eaters might try to use them as some sort of bait. Mm. Um, I mean, do you think he, he would have done? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because he's Harry. Yeah, he, 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 he does have that I mean, that well well-known hero complex. So I think he would have done. But I think even outside of that, I think he would have wanted to. Really? Mm. I think less Vernon. I don't think he'd uh, mind either way on Vernon, but I think he would. You think? I think he would feel like he owed it to his mum to save her sister. And I think that 
even after everything? <laughs> even after everything. I, I, I think he would still, you know, there's that moment in the Order of the Phoenix when, you know, she's, Petunia realizes that Voldemort's back and he says it was the first time that he ever truly appreciated that she was her mother's sister. And I think it would be that that's, that, that would, you know, get him to go and, and rescue them. And also, I think that the whole Dudley uh, reconciliation was, was would have been big as well, because I think they, you know, J.K. has said that they were on reasonably friendly terms, him and Dudley afterwards, and, you know, would at least meet up so that their kids can play and we're on Christmas card terms. I mean, I don't know whether he would have actually actively have found out that that the Dursleys would have been kidnapped. I think it would have been more of a case that he just finds out or they're at Malfoy Manor with Luna and Ollivander. Uh, I mean, I think the only way he would have found out otherwise is if it had been like um, on Potter Watch that night, if he'd heard, uh, it is with great sadness that we report the death of Deedless Diggle and Hestia Jones and the muggles that they were protecting are missing, then I think he would have actively been faced with that choice. I think that, you know, when he heard their, their, you know, about them uh, being missing, I think he would have then sought to find them. I think probably to the chagrin of Ron. I don't think Ron would have been overly delighted about it. I think Hermione would have been a bit more understanding, but I think Ron would have been like, they're 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 evil. <laughs> Just leave it. I mean, in my mind's eye right now, I'm getting uh, I'm, I'm getting Voldemort and Vernon Dursley <laughs> to sort of like sat around, just basically <laughs> agreeing on who if you want Harry and how he's a mess, and you know, <laughs> they would have got on great. They would have got on great, apart from the fact that he was a muggle and everything that Voldemort hated. They would have been pals. But no, I think that if you look at I mean, I do, I do think that putting the Dursleys in that Malfoy Manor environment with all the Death Eaters, you know, Bellatrix there, Wormtail, and obviously the Malfoys, plus any other Death Eaters that are popping in, because that was sort of like their base point, that would have been very, very interesting to see whether they truly then appreciated what Harry had been going through. Given that they have spent their entire lives of trying to pretend that it didn't exist and, you know, this was, you know, wizards were just sort of like mentally unstable crackpots for them to actually, you know, for them to see the sheer brutality of the regime and the power that Voldemort and the Death Eaters could wield, whether that would be a wake up call in terms of, oh, well, maybe, maybe, uh, this was, a uh, more real than we gave it credit for. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, you would think though in that circumstance that certainly with their characteristics, they would be more concerned for their own welfare and certainly that of Dudley. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think they could ever comprehend what Harry went through. Taking out of the equation for a second, you know, Dudley and Petunia's safety, if Voldemort and the Death Eaters asked Vernon to give him information on Harry, do you think he would have done? Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, and my answer would be yes, I do think he would give Harry up. I think, you know, in the series, there's few characters who are 
irredeemable. You look at some of the ones who are very complex, even though they do bad things, there are kind of either underlying reasons or some redeemable qualities to them. Um, but I think Vernon's one of those ones that there's very little um, to, to make him redeemable in any way. And I think those characteristics would lead him to, to giving up Harry. I mean, I think that, I mean, if we talk about the characters that are truly irredeemable, we're looking at Vernon, Wormtail, and Umbridge. And Voldemort. <laughs> Bit of an obvious one to forget. Kelly Voldemort's interesting. The other three just yeah, messes. Okay, okay. Voldemort's not evil. <laughs> but yeah, if you're looking at irrede- completely irredeemable, no, no shades of grey at all. You're looking Voldemort, you're looking at Wormtail, you're looking at Umbridge, you're looking at Bellatrix, and you're looking at Vernon. I would argue Greyback as well. Oh, good one. Greyback. Yeah. I mean, I think um, Vernon is just so self-obsessed, self-absorbed, and with so much bitterness and hatred mm. towards Harry that I think he would have given him up freely. You know, I mean, I think he would. I genuinely think he would have got on brilliantly with Umbridge. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a, that's a meeting that you wouldn't want to have been anywhere near. But mm. you know, I think he would have done it of his own free will. I think, particularly, had he been offered anything, mm. um, you look at how greedy he was when he mm. heard that Harry had been left some gold. Yeah, in a house. Yeah, I mean, I think he. He would have given him up at the, the slightest incentive. Um, and to, to be honest, even if they hadn't offered anything, I think he would um, he would have given them that information. Certainly if they'd been threatened. I mean, I, 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 as we say, I think he is a you know one of those characters that are, are truly, truly redeemable. And as I say, even taking into consideration his hatred and magic, I genuinely think him and Umbridge would have got on really well. Because they share very, very similar characteristics in terms of being evil, basically. Yeah, in the original epilogue, Dudley uh, was meant to be there waving his own magical son or daughter off to go to Hogwarts. What do you think of that? Uh, Personally, I'm very, very pleased that that wasn't included. I think um, with Vernon and Petunia, any possibility of magic, Mm, JK said that, that any magical DNA from the Evans line would have been killed by Vernon's DNA. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes perfect sense. I think it would have absolutely killed it. There would have been, that's where the line would have ended. Um, and I think it makes far more sense for that not to have been included. Um, I think it might have stuck out a little bit had it been part of the epilogue. So I think it was the, the right decision. If I was to play devil's advocate for a second, I agree that, you know, uh, maybe it wouldn't have made sense with, with Vernon's DNA and whatever. But I do think, I, I think two things. Firstly, I think it would have really helped Dudley's redemption story. I mean, it would have certainly helped that, but I don't think that was the main, you know, the main purpose of that epilogue. That's uh, been a little bit gratuitous. Mm. It, it would have been too redeem Dudley and to complete that arc rather than fulfilling any um, narrative purposes. Mm. 
I do think that, you know, it would have been interesting to see how Harry and Dudley could maybe have reconciled, you know, even more with the inclusion of a magical. Oh, it would certainly have been very, a very interesting aspect, but... And also to see how Vernon and Petunia would react that they're grandson or granddaughter it, it would have been interesting but i don't think it would have been right mm. for the epilogue for the story and i also think that that would have had to have been developed you know to see how vernon and petunia would have reacted to see how dudley and harry could have managed um that situation i think we'd have needed more information i think just to to drop them in at the station in a couple of lines um, I think would have would have been doing it a disservice. And also, if you look at the epilogue, there were far bigger characters that got snubbed. Yeah, I mean, you know, to to have included Dudley, I think would have been um, it would have been purely to to redeem him. I don't think it would have served any purpose other than to do that. And you know, the, going back to the the main issue is that I think that that was the end of the. The Evans line. I, I don't think it would have been plausible, really, that, that Dudley could have a child who was a wizard. I mean, what would have been really, really interesting if he had two children? One was magic. The first one was magical, then the second one wasn't. A little bit like Lily and uh, and Petunia, and how maybe you know on the third generation of Evans they finally get it right, and you know both are, are, are felt loved and included and you know even if one's magical and one's not petunia felt very very resentful towards lily for being magical and that the parents for the greatest will in the world were a lot more enthusiastic about lily than petunia or at least in petunia's eyes then in the next generation petunia devotes all her love and attention on Dudley and ignores the magical one, it would be quite interesting to see whether the third generation of, you know, the Petunia line, so to speak, actually get it right and treats both magical and non-magical children the same. It would have been interesting, but I think it would have needed so much development into those characters to truly understand it. I don't think there was a place for that in the epilogue. If you were going to look back at the Deathly Hallows and talk about any changes you would make, would you have made the Dursleys a bigger part in the seventh book? Personally, I wouldn't have done. Um, the only thing that I would have been fascinated to know is what Petunia would have said when she turned around. Um, I think that would have been incredibly interesting to, to have had that expanded upon. I don't think it was, I think the amount of time that they had in the book was right. I don't think there would have been any place for them in the story. And I, I'm not sure that they deserved a bigger involvement either. You know, I think it was right that at the start of the book, Harry said goodbye to them with the intention that they would never be living under the same roof again and that they were to go their separate ways. I think that was absolutely the right thing to do. Would you? The only thing I would have been interested in is seeing how Harry would have reacted had they been captured or endangered. Again, it would have been a you know a fascinating one, but I don't think it had a place in the story. What if they were at Malfoy Manor when Harry went there and you know 
they were there with Luna. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> Vernon and Luna? <laughs> <laughs> now that is, uh, that would have been an incredible scene. Vernon and Luna would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, what a duo. Yeah, I, I just think it would have been very interesting to see how they would have been incorporated into that, you know, chapter. Petunia and Dobby. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would have felt a little bit forced, you know, them being involved in that situation. Mm. The fact that they were never really involved in the magical world was a mm. better way. You know, the fact that they never, the fact that they didn't take Harry to the Hogwarts Express. Even when Petunia knew how to get on there. Yeah, there was that physical barrier between mm. the Dursleys and the Wizarding World. And I think mm. it's right that they stayed out of it. But surely the war would have crashed any barriers, you know. It, it would, but I, personally, I think that having them stay in the Muggle world was, was the right thing. I, 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 think that's a, I think that's a fair take. I just think that it would have been really, really interesting to see Harry try and rescue them from Malfoy Manor. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Harry had his hands full at the time. He did. So, yeah, he did. I think that the rescue was daring enough. But really, I now now I thought of it. I just really want to see Vernon meet Luna and Petunia meet Dobby. I think that would that would make my life. <laughs> well, there's a spin-off for you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I, I know you you feel quite strongly about you know or feel more strongly about Snape than than Petunia. Yeah, I mean, I think that out of the two, Lily would be more likely to forgive Snape his treatment of Harry then she would be to forgive Petunia for her treatment of Harry I think it's the same argument that you made about blood mm. and that because of that blood Petunia should have treated Harry infinitely better than she did mm. you know Snape was his teacher at Hogwarts and there's no doubt that he made his life there at times in absolute misery and he was incredibly cruel towards him um but he didn't owe him as much as Petunia owed him, I think. And, and you know, don't forget as well that Petunia looked after Harry for the first 11 years of his life. You know, Snape saw him intermittently for, for potions classes and, you know, various other things at Hogwarts. So the time that Petunia had to, to make Harry's life better was infinitely more than Snape had. She would have had a much bigger role in shaping Harry's character through his early years and, you know, could potentially have been a, a huge support for him, you know, an, an incredible family support network that would have really helped Harry growing up. And she, for whatever reason, chose not to be. She chose to act incredibly cruelly towards him and facilitated Vernon and Dudley doing exactly the same, if not worse. So I think for those reasons, she would be far less likely to forgive Petunia because if you were going to honour Lily's memory, then looking after her son would be the best thing to do. And regardless of their differences or arguments over the years, as you mentioned, they were still sisters. So I think Petunia owed Lily a lot more than Snape did. True, true. I mean, I would also say that um, 
the, the greatest way to honour her sacrifices to look after. I mean, they both looked after him to a, to a degree. Yes, they did. Yeah, I mean, they they did. They kept him alive anyway. Yeah, I mean, they kept him alive in in different ways, but certainly they subjected him to extreme cruelty at times, and that's something that I don't think Lily would be able to to forgive. Um, both of them did it for slightly gratuitous reasons. Mm. You know, Snape had an instant dislike of Harry, as did Petunia, really. You know, mm. they both didn't give Harry a chance. Um, but I think that Petunia owed Lily a lot more as her sister, and therefore I think that Lily would not be able to forgive her. I mean, you could argue that, uh, yeah, I mean, they both treated Harry with a lot of cruelty. I mean, maybe you could argue that Snape's was worse because he abused a position of authority. Yes, but so did Petunia, really. You yeah. know, she was guardian, his guardian. Yeah. You know, Dumbledore entrusted Harry's welfare to her and she, you know, completely abused that position. So, you know, but as his guardian for 11 years, you know, she had a huge role to play and she, you know, was nothing but horrible to him. You know, Snape was his teacher and, you know, obviously he shouldn't have taken the dislikes from, from the very outset, but he I mean, bullying him a, from literally the first moment he, he lay eyes on him. Yeah, he was, but he didn't have as big a responsibility mm. and he didn't have as big a role in shaping Harry's future and didn't have as big a role in ultimately Harry's happiness. You know, it mm. was a, you know, it was a limited time at Hogwarts that Snape could have that position of authority. You know, Petunia... But yet, it's not just what she did; it's what she didn't do. It, but yet, throughout the first six books, I think it's clear that Snape has had a far greater impact on Harry than Petunia did. Well, he certainly saved Harry. True, true. You know, and I think that that's something that's a redeemable quality. Also, Adam tried to get getting kicked out of school multiple times. He did, yeah. Um, but I think the fact that ultimately he helped protect him would, um, that Lily would see as, uh, you know, a noble thing to do. I don't think Junior has anything like that other than literally allowing him to live, to live, <laughs> to live there. Um, you know, but it's, like I said, it's not just what Petunia did do in the fact that how cruel she acted towards him was what she didn't do. Now, while she could never replace Lily as Harry's mother, she could have acted as a mother figure, mm. um, something that he desperately needed at the time. And I think it's um, that failure to act as well that is as much uh, an issue as the, the terrible things she did. Yeah. I just think that if we're just looking at treatment of Harry, then I think you might have a, I think you might have a case. If you take the totality of both Petunia and Snape's betrayal of Lily, though, when you add into the fact that Snape betrayed her to Voldemort, said, kill Harry and James as long as you keep Lily alive, as well as the stuff before that, you know, in terms of calling her mudblood and then aspiring to be a Death Eater using dark magic and then becoming a Death Eater, having a number of, uh, of horrible deeds to his name. Yeah, I mean, I'm not for a second saying that Lily would forgive Snape. Oh, no, I'm just saying that I think if you look at the totality, I think he did more to wrong the Potter family than uh, Petunia did. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, it could be that Snape did more to wrong the Potter family, but Virginia did more to wrong Harry and the memory of Lily, essentially. Yeah, you could, you could argue. You could argue. Yeah, there's no doubt that Snape tore apart the Potter family. Um, and whether that was deliberate or not, the fact is that it led to the murder of both James and Lily. His actions were responsible for, for Harry being an orphan. So in that sense, absolutely. But if we're talking about but if we're talking about their treatment of Harry, then I think Petuning has a lot more to answer for. I, I also think on a on a slight side note about the you know, the irony of JK writing the chapter Spinner's End in Half Blood Prince with Wormtail living with Snape and that the two people that caused the death of uh, James and Lily were living at Spinner's End in Wormtail and Snape. And I, uh, and I think that's quite ironic that the two greatest you know, reasons that they were ultimately murdered were, were stuck living together. Yeah, I mean, I, I would personally argue that Voldemort had a role to play in their murder as well. I'd, <laughs> I'd say it's, he probably had quite a big, played in, in a big, terms of the big betrayal, part in it. In terms of the betrayal. You said in their murder. Okay, in their betrayal then. Betrayal. Obsessed Voldemort today. <laughs> he being wasn't innocent. such a bad guy. Ash, I just put on. The other reason I would argue for Snape on this question is he takes positive action. To help Harry, I think Petunia's is easier in the sense that she just has to let Harry return every summer. Yeah, you know, as, as soon as he can go to Hogwarts, he's off there, and then for the holidays and everything, she lets him have called that their house, his home mm. or his base. I would say, um, you know, Snape takes affirmative action. You know, you look in the, the Philosopher's Stone of the way he saves Harry from yeah. Quirrell. Um, and you look at the number of other occasions where he will actively put himself out there and in harm's way, um, you know, either for Harry or for the cause that Harry, Lily and James believe in. So, mm. yeah, I think his actions were, were more protective, um, you know, whereas Petunia's were, it was, her action was to not kick him out. You also have to look at whether you believe the film version of the books to be canon or not. In that, when um, there's that very famous promotional shot, and you know from the film uh, of the Prisoner of Azkaban, where Snape is shielding Harry, Ron, and Hermione from the Dementors. You know that one where they're behind him, and he's like yep. protecting them. Yeah. So. And, and you know the shh before he goes and kills Dumbledore. Yep. You know there there are there are moments where in certainly in the films where with the late great Alan Rickman did some you know very subtle nods to his his true uh, true self before uh, before it being revealed that he was a good guy. Like, I think I think if you were watching the films, I think it would be easier to look at Snape and say not be as shocked when he's you know when he when it's revealed that he's been working for Dumbledore all along whereas I think if you look in the book it's a lot more ambiguous I think it's more obvious in the film because of you know certain things that you know bear in mind Alan Rickman knew the truth when he you know took the role I think there were moments where he 
where that truth came out in his portrayal. Yeah, I mean, his performances were absolutely masterful. And, you know, like I said, I think that Snape's actions ultimately played a bigger role in saving Harry. And I think what you would also, I mean, not to, not to support your point too much, but I think it also, you have to take into consideration the fact that I think Harry was more willing to forgive Snape than Petunia. Yes, absolutely. I mean, obviously we can see Albus Severus um, and the fact that he calls Snape one of the bravest men he ever knew. So I think you have to look at it from, from his perspective as well. And that Harry was clearly more willing to be at peace with what Snape did rather than what Petunia did. Yeah, yeah, that is fair. And I think if you look in The, the Cursed Child in you know, a couple of Harry's outbursts, there is still that lingering resentment as to what Petunia and the Dursleys did. Mm. You know, I think that plays on his mind a lot more than, than what Snape did. I think he... Harry finds it easier to come to terms with Snape's actions than Petunia's. And I think that's a big reason as to why I would say that Lily would be more willing to forgive Snape than Petunia's because Harry did. But equally, I think that, you know, the cursed child again does give Petunia, I mean, gives both characters, but does give uh, Petunia that little bit of redemption in Harry's dream where she takes him to Godric's Hollow to visit their graves and you can see that she's quite emotional by it. Yes, yeah, you can. And, you know, obviously the, the moment with the blanket as well. But again, you, you can see in The Cursed Child how growing up in that household has affected Harry um, and the, the nightmares that he still has about it. As you said in the last episode about, um, you know, lying about, him operating without wires you said that you know that was predominantly because throughout his first 11 years he didn't have any sort of parents really you know because they 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 were guardians not not family really well they were barely even guardians Mm. and that's you know they they literally let him exist in their in their home um but it was it was no more than that it was subjected to to a huge amount of cruelty and i think that will have yeah, it's clear from the cursed child that he found that very hard to, to come to terms with, as as you would naturally. Um, so I, I think that. And I guess the other thing is, you could say there was more of an evolution with Snape from him calling Lily a mudblood and the sort of evolution of his change, whereas Petunia stayed bitter and resentful for her entire life. She did, and ultimately, Snape will have ended up on the right side of history. Um, whereas Petunia won't have done. You know, I think that Snape's redemption played a, a big part in you know people being able to forgive some of his actions that he was working for the greater good. Petunia's mm. actions were done purely out of cruelty. She had no knowledge of the wizarding world and there was no greater plan other than making Harry's life a misery. Mm. Her actions were out of pure spite and bitterness, whereas, you know, Snape's, a lot of them, a lot of them were actions of a bully in the classroom, but he was working to make Harry's world a better place to live in. Yeah, and also, I think a large part of Petunia's character comes from the resentment that Lily Lily got this great experience and how her parents sort of devoted too much love and attention on the magical child and ignored the, the, the muggle child. But I think you also have to take into consideration that she is a biased narrator of that particular event. 
you know, we don't we don't see uh, Lily's parents, Harry's grandparents, um, behave any sort of way towards either Lily or Petunia. So you also have to take into consideration that Petunia might not be the most reliable source. No, and you, you look at her history of bitterness as well, mm. and it would strongly suggest that her recollections might not be entirely accurate or, you know, be extremely biased from her very um, bitter point of view. You know, whereas Snape's actions ultimately led to the to the downfall of the Dark Lord. We also have to say that um, what you what you could also argue with Snape is that Snape's treatment of Harry, while bad, there was an agenda behind it in terms of that, so that if Voldemort you know ever tried to apply legitimacy on him, he would see that Snape clearly hates Harry. So there is an agenda behind his treatment, whereas Petunia's treatment of Harry was out of spite. You know, if you look in particular at those occlumency lessons, Snape's trying to protect Harry. You know, he shows a great amount of concern for what, for the dreams that Harry is having and the interest that he has in um, what's happening at the Department of Mysteries. Um, and he's also treading a very careful line between teaching Harry those skills and not allowing Voldemort to see what he's up to. So his treatment of Harry in those sessions, whilst he often acts as a bully, there is some reasoning behind it. Mm. Whereas, like you said, Petunia's actions purely out of spite, hate and bitterness. Yeah. And I think as well that a lot of the time that Snape is angry with Harry, he is trying to teach him something. You know, you can see when they're running towards the gates and the half-blood prince, Snape's just killed Dumbledore. Snape is still trying to teach Harry in those final moments when mm. he's saying that he will block those spells again and again until Harry learns to close his mind. And whilst he is shouting at that moment, I think somewhere he is trying to teach one final lesson to Harry that he has to be able to close his mind in order to be able to be an effective wizard in some situations. So although it may look like an extreme reaction and another example of him treating Harry badly or yelling at him, I think he is trying to convey one last message because he obviously can't say too much in that situation. Mm. Um, but I think in those last moments, he still is trying to deliver one last message. One of Snape's greatest tragedies is that Harry during... You know, remarks in, in the Half-Blood Prince that he'd learned more from the Half-Blood Prince's book than he learned from five years with Snape. And it's like, it's the same person, but what you get in the Half-Blood Prince is the brilliance without the bitterness and without the cruel treatment. Yes, and you also have Harry's willingness to engage in learning. Yeah. Whereas uh, I think the, the relationship between him and Snape was so fraught that it was going to be very difficult. You look at Harry disagreeing with Snape on the best way to defend yourself from a Dementor. It's it's well known throughout the series that Snape is knows more about the dark arts than anybody particularly, but Harry still disagrees with him uh, on a key aspect of mm. the course. So I think that Snape wasn't really going to be able to, to teach much to Harry. No, because I think they've got so much mutual resentment towards each other uh, certainly at the time I think that while the Cursed Child does give some redemption to Petunia 
I do think it gives more redemption to Snape. You know, especially with that line about, you know, uh, I couldn't save Harry for Lily, so instead I gave my life to the cause that she believed in. And, you know, somewhere along the line, maybe I started believing in it myself. The fact that he's quite secretly, openly rebelling against Voldemort in that he's made his allegiance known to, to Ron and Hermione, despite, you know, them initially thinking that he was a traitor. I'm confused because you seem to be arguing my case. I like playing devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure I hadn't misunderstood what you were saying because you were like, it seems to be what a can very I say? convincing I, I, argument for Snape. I like, I like, I like debating both sides of an argument. <laughs> you clearly weren't making your argument very well without me. <laughs> I was giving you some help. <laughs> Look, you haven't won a debate yet, so I, you know, I thought I'd try and help you out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's there's a there's a lot of redemption for Snape in the Deathly Hallows, obviously, and I think that's furthered in the Cursed Child far more so than Petunius. So that the overall impression of the characters that you come away with after reading the series redeems Snape far more than it redeems Petunia. Mm. And I think what you also get with Snape, not to go off on too much of a tangent, what you get with Snape and the Cursed Child is you get that sardonic humor that you maybe don't get quite as much in the in the books uh outside of you know um him and dumbledore is you know like uh, would you like me to kill you now or do you want me to record an epitaph you know it, it, it he 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 comes across as very a lot more sardonically funny in the cursed child which then makes people more likely to forgive him because yeah, and it's possibly what he would have been like as a character had he not been burdened with with being a spy for Dumbledore. I mean, I do wonder what he would have been, what he was like in the the decade between uh, Lily and James's death and Harry coming to Hogwarts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we get some impression from the other characters. You know, they they know him to be formidable and. Mm. Um, but during those years, was he closer to a McGonagall type? formidable where he's strict and you know maybe occasionally a bit harsh but generally a little bit more a little bit more approachable and a you know a little fairer to the other three houses essentially i mean we can see you know his burden growing throughout the series Mm. you know and i think that's you know that naturally places a huge weight upon his shoulders which I'm sure anyone would have found difficult to, to deal with. Yeah, and I think him and McGonagall have a great rapport with each other. It's a real sort of bad cop, good cop. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, somewhere deep down there's a mutual respect yeah. there between the two of them. Um, yeah, obviously there's that competitive edge mm. as well, particularly on the Quidditch pitch and you know in the house cup, but you know, I think there is a grudging admiration. Um, from, on, on both their parts, and, you know, certainly Dumbledore is always very keen to point out Snape's skills as a as potions master. Mm. Okay, and now we are going to do our customary sum up of our arguments. I'm ready when you are. Your thirty seconds starts now. Okay, well, I think that Petunia had a lot of issues with Lily, obviously, and you know there was a, an animosity there between them. But I think the fact that she did cement that blood pact or the blood sacrifice that Lily made would ultimately make them be more forgiving towards 
Petunia plus, uh, unlike Snape, she didn't uh, cause their deaths. So I think those are my two main reasonings as to why she would be more likely to forgive Petunia. Okay, your case for Snape? The reason why I think Lily would be more willing to forgive Snape is Petunia was her sister and treated Harry incredibly cruelly throughout the years. She had a great responsibility towards Harry and to honour Lily's memory, and all she did was inflict cruelty upon him. Snape had less of a responsibility towards Harry and also spent a lot less time with him. He also had some motives for his treatment of Harry in terms of teaching him, and therefore I think Lily is more likely to forgive him. Uh, Yeah, we will put this out to you, as always, and uh, you decide who wins, whether it's me, or whether you'll finally decide to give Mart a victory. Please do. (laughs) Let's wolf it up on Twitter, and if you vote for uh, Petunia, then 10 points will go to Hufflepuff. If you vote for Snape, 10 points will go to Gryffindor, and if you vote other, then points will be taken from both houses. But before we go, uh, and we're, we're running a bit long, but uh, we've got time for our, our weekly quiz or our episodely quiz on the characters involved in today's debate. Okay, your first question. As you may know, Snape's home is at Spinner's End. But what part of England is Spinner's End? Is it in the southeast, the southwest, the Midlands, or the northwest? It is the Midlands. That's correct. Okay, in the, the Half-Blood Prince, the potions book that Harry finds contains many notes and spells. What is one of the spells contained within the book? Is it a spell to make your hair grow longer, your teeth grow longer, your fingernails grow longer, or your toenails grow longer? Harry uses this spell. Uh, I will say toenails. Toenails is correct. When Harry first finds his potions book in the Half-Blood Prince, Amortentia, the potion, is in the room at the time. Now, Hermione says that it smells like two things to her. Do you know what those are? Is it freshly mown grass and parchment? It is indeed. Now, your question is, she stops before she says the third thing Mm. and looks down, embarrassed that she said the first two. What was the third thing she was going to say? Is it the smell of butterbeer, the smell of the library, the smell of the dinner at the Yule Ball, or the smell of Ron's hair? I believe it's Ron's hair. Three out of three. Okay. Question four. As you know, Snape gets involved in the duel between Harry and Draco in the Chamber of Secrets. Yes. What is the spell, the first spell that Malfoy uses against Harry in that duel? Mm -hmm. Is it the dancing feet spell? Is it the tickling charm? Is it the bat bogey hex? Or is it the babbling curse? I think it's the dancing feet. Final answer? Yes. Correct. (sighs) We're on for uh, potentially a five out of five. Yeah, full house. Okay. When Harry uses 
Sectumsempra against Malfoy in the Half-Blood Prince. Snape bursts in and starts to heal the wounds. But what spell is he using to do this? Is it Brachia Memendo? Is it System Aperio? Is it Fianto Duri? Is it Bulnera Sanenta? So it's, it's Brachium Emendo, System Aperio, Fianto Duri, Bulnera Sanenta. Um, I'm going to say A, Brachio Emendo. He was close to a full house. And he's still waiting for his first full house. Brachia Memendo is the spell that Lockhart uses (laughs) to try and fix Harry's arm. Oh, right. I knew I'd heard it somewhere. The correct answer is Volnera Senenta. That was a beast. That was a beast of a question. Okay, my questions. What was the colour of the dress Petunia wore to the dinner with the Masons? Is it lilac? Is it peach? Is it salmon pink? Or is it turquoise? It's salmon pink. That is correct. In The Order of the Phoenix film, not the book, the film, how does Vernon describe what Harry has done to Dudley? Is it driven him loopy, driven him round the bend, driven him crazy, or driven him doolally? Loopy is. Correct. Question three. How long did Dudley's tongue get before Petunia and Vernon allowed Arthur Weasley to shrink it? Is it three feet, four feet, five feet, or six feet? Three. that's incorrect. It's four feet. When Harry came downstairs in the Philosopher's Stone, Aunt Petunia was dyeing some of Dudley's old stuff grey for his new school uniform. What was the name of the school that Harry was going to be going to? Is it Westview Secondary School, Riverview Institute, is it Stonewall High or Maple Hill Secondary School? It's uh, a good question. I think it's Stonewall High. It is correct. Final question. What was the name of the hotel that the Dursley stayed at to escape the Hogwarts letters? Is it... Chateau Motel, is it Railview Hotel, is it Seven Seas Hotel and Spa, or is it Coastline Resort? It says the Coastline Resort. It's incorrect. Railview Hotel. Fun fact for you, the hotel was in a town called Cokeworth, which is the birthplace of Lillian Petunia and Snape. So when... Vernon was escaping Hogwarts letters. I actually went to Petunia's hometown. I don't know whether he did it intentionally. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's ironic that of all the places you could have chosen, it actually yeah. went back to yeah. her hometown. Four out of five for me and uh, three out of five for you. Yeah, extra five points for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great quiz. Great quiz. Um, but yes, that'll, that'll be all for this this episode. And thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, We've got a really good debate coming up on Monday um, of if you could read the Harry Potter series again from a different character's perspective, who would you want the series to be based around? Yeah, no, that could be a really, really interesting one. So looking forward to it. Yeah. And for 
the record, the Chronicles of Terry Boo is not going to be one of the options. But until then, please subscribe, uh, follow us on Facebook, tweet at us at Potterjules, or email us at Potterjules at hotmail.com. But until then, I thank you very much for joining us. I've been Tim. He's been Martin. See you next time. And until then, Knox. Knox.